Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Nuria martinez Keel. You're listening to The Source. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the Oklahomans' most impactful stories with the reporters who wrote them. Oklahoma City would seem an unlikely place to have some of the strictest COVID-19 measures at sporting events, but the Thunder has quietly been among the most cautious NBA franchises during the pandemic. As local fans make their way back to NBA games, we look at the Thunder's unique history with COVID-19 and what comes next. Joining me today is the Oklahomans' Thunder beat writer, Joe Mazzotto. The Thunder had its first game of the NBA regular season this week, and this is the first time fans could attend a regular season Thunder home game since March 11th, 2020, the date of the infamous Utah Jazz game that never happened because of COVID-19. More on that in a little bit. Uh, but Joe, I was surprised to learn that the OKC Thunder was the only NBA team that didn't allow fans to attend any home games for the entire last season. So is having fans back something the franchise and the players were reluctant to do this season, or are they excited about this? I I think they're very excited about it. I mean, the decision not to have fans all of last season, um, of course, wasn't one made by the coaching staff or the players or anything like that. So naturally, as competitors, they want that extra motivation. They want to hear um, the cheers and the boos, both side of it, uh, to sort of get amped up a little bit. Because honestly, last year, every game um, in Chesapeake Energy Arena, now Paycom Center, felt like a glorified scrimmage in a sense, because it's just like the best basketball players in the world coming together, playing in a huge arena um, without fans. So this year, I, I think they're very happy to have them back. We saw what it looks like um, just briefly in the preseason. Not a huge crowd there for that, um, but I would expect a bigger crowd for the home opener on Sunday. Are there any capacity limits to how many fans can go this season? Nope. It, there's there's no capacity limits. Um, it's the, the All 18,000 seats are, are going to be open. Um, not sure they're going to need them all th- this season, given the state of the team. Um, but yeah, no capacity limits, but there are restrictions um, as far as vaccinations and negative tests go. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to ask you about next. What rules are there for those who can enter the arena? Do you have to be vaccinated? Do you have to be tested? What, what do fans have to do before they can actually go to a Thunder game? So there's two options. Either um, you upload your vaccination card to the Thunder app, um, and on the Thunder's website, there's uh, details on how to do all of this, but you either have to be vaccinated or you have to send in a negative test uh, within 72 hours, um, at least before you go to the game. Um, that can't be an at-home test. You have to you have to go and get it. Um, and then you, just like you do the vaccination card, you have to upload proof of that um, once you have the negative tests. Now, vaccinations and negative tests, if you are in the arena, you don't have to wear a mask. Now, masks are strongly encouraged. 
Um, the, the only people who are required to wear masks are kids 12 and under um, who haven't received the vaccine. They have to wear masks at all times. And also, if you're lucky enough to sit courtside, you have to wear a mask as well because they're trying to protect the players and have a full season. When you think about cities that have NBA teams, you'd think it would be somewhere that had stricter community-wide COVID restrictions, not Oklahoma City, that would go an entire season without fans. I mean, other major sporting events in Oklahoma, like OU and OSU Athletics, had some fans attending in 2020 and even at indoor events early this year. So did the Thunder ever explain why the franchise decided to go above and beyond and forego fan attendance all of last year? The only reason they really gave, and it's a good reason and a legitimate one, is that they see themselves, I suppose, as, um, you know, having a responsibility to the community and to fans. And they felt it best um, to not pack people into an indoor arena um, to watch basketball games. Now, that's the official reason. Um, I can tell you there was there were some unofficial reasons behind that as well. In Oklahoma, it is, as you sort of alluded to, it's very hard to enforce mask mandates. And honestly, I'm not sure they wanted to put up with the headache of constantly reminding people to wear masks. Also, just the state of the team, um, they were on an, an incredibly long losing streak last year. So I think the demand just wasn't there for people itching to get back into the arena. So when you sort of include the team context versus the public health concern, I think it just made the most sense for them um, to not allow fans. Like the most common sentiment I heard is, oh, the Thunder should go back to Seattle. Like, and, and just complaining how um, liberal some of the policies were. These are fans' words, not mine. Um, And it's really funny to me because Clay Bennett's the majority owner. Um, Clay Bennett is a conservative. Like, this this is not a liberal franchise, and it's inarguably the most conservative NBA market. So – that that wasn't the reason. It was it was just a lot of reasons around that. But I would say number one was public health. You mentioned the the state of the team. This is a developing team that last season tried to lose as many games as possible. Correct me if I'm wrong. That seems to be the outlook for this year as well. Um, is it fair to say the Thunder weren't exactly looking for a competitive advantage? Yeah, I mean. There, there's a lot they can do with the roster to lead to these losses and better draft position. I'm not sure the crowd had anything to, to do with it. Um, but, but like I said, I mean, there's people, people show up to games. So, some show up for the experience, right? Like it's fun to go to an NBA game. Others are like diehard fans who like want to support a winning team. And the Thunder, since they arrived in 2008, have more or less been a winning team, one of the most successful teams in the NBA now they're not. So it's kind of a test for the fan base of like, okay, how loyal our Thunder fans um, really are. So yeah, I don't think it had much to do with like the competitive factor, but like, it will be interesting to see what it looks like this year, because it's not really a controlled test case. Um, Just if they're not showing up because of the rebuild, there's also COVID concerns, obviously, but I'm interested to see what the arena looks like. I'm curious, we've seen internationally how certain football clubs, soccer clubs were affected financially by the lack of fans, not having those ticket sales, not having, I don't know how much concession sales really makes a bump in in their budget, but not having that did 
cut some sports franchises deeply. Have we seen that really affecting the Thunder so far? I mean, obviously, you know, fans want to see them being able to pay the best stars to build a roster. Um, but also this is a, the Thunder is a, a large presence in our community. They, they sponsor a lot here in Oklahoma city. Uh, so any financial threat to the Thunder, I'm sure would be felt across OKC. Have we seen much financial impact of the pandemic on the Thunder franchise? That, that's a really good question because a lot of people do seem to be concerned, especially in a small market, one of the smallest markets in the NBA is okay. We just got our team now. I don't want them to go. Um, there's a there's a lot of concerns about them relocating, and I can just say that that is not even close to to being on the radar or or being true. Um, as far as not getting um, proceeds from like ticket sales and concessions and everything like that, it it does hurt. There's no doubt about that. But there's also a flip side of that. They're not having to pay outside vendors to come in and work those games. And it's just sort of a bare bones operation. So that gets offset a little bit. But honestly, the main thing um, that has the Thunder in actually really good financial shape, and it's hard to believe this, but actually better financial shape than they were when they were winning, is just the team salary. I mean, they're they have a bunch of young guys who aren't making a ton of money relative to NBA terms. Um, so those teams, when you had, you know, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Paul George, I mean, those guys, um, you know, their salaries forced the thunder over the luxury tax and like the ownership had to pay up for that stuff. And now they're not going to have to do that this year or for the next several years. So all of that money um, that they were sort of like in over their heads on, they're now making that back now. So um, just because the crowds might not be as full doesn't mean the Thunder's not making as much money. They're actually making more. So it helps to have a bunch of 18-year-olds on the roster is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Y- young and cheap labor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I can't help but wonder if the decision makers at the Thunder had March 11th, 2020 on their minds when they made that choice not to have fans in the building and when they make any decision regarding COVID measures. I'm sure most of the listeners remember Utah Jazz player Rudy Gobert testing positive for COVID-19 while in Oklahoma City and and very early on in the pandemic. And that led to the game being called off, an arena full of fans being sent home, and the NBA season being temporarily suspended last year. And Oklahoma City was at the epicenter of all of that. So do you think that made the franchise more cautious than most when it came to the pandemic? Yeah, that's it's fascinating. I, I'm not I'm not 100% sure. And it's a question I I should probably ask them and just, you know, maybe they're not ready to say now, but down the road, I think, um, you know, everyone's going to be more willing to talk about all of this. But um, first off, it's only fitting that I'm recording this from Salt Lake City, where the Thunder opens on, on Wednesday night against Rudy Gobert. And the Jazz, every time the Thunder and Jazz play, I will think about March 11th, no matter how far removed it is. Um, but yeah, when you have like, when you're the epicenter of really America coming to terms with COVID and um, sports shutting down, entertainment shutting down, um, and then, you know, a lot of businesses closing up, like, I think there is heightened, I don't know if responsibility is the right word, but certainly awareness, like you're you know, you're maybe a little overcautious because, you know, that was that was such a historic day and you knew the severity of it. And obviously, 
you know, it's not going to be on you to stop that from happening again. There's fans in arenas all over the country right now. Um, but yeah, that's that March 11th date has to be sort of stuck in the back of their minds as they're making these decisions. And Joe, you were at that infamous game that never happened. How surreal was that experience? And how surreal is it to be back at games in person? Yeah, I mean, it feels like forever ago um, and also like not that long ago because we're still in this. But um, yeah, I mean, that that night I'll, I'll never forget. I mean, I think it was chaotic more than anything as, as far as like showing up to the arena, being aware of COVID, but not at all like afraid of it at, the, at this point. Um, and then, you know, you get the news that Rudy Gobert tested positive and then it's just running around the arena trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Um, we, we thought, oh, maybe the NBA is going to be back in two weeks. Yeah, like that that didn't happen. Um, and, you know, just just trying to have answers. And no, no one had answers at that point. Like um, it immediately became clear that, you know, sh- showing up to a Thunder Jazz game to cover a basketball game like meant nothing because like that was like the, the representation of something much bigger um, on not only like a national but global scale. And I, I think it's just a lot of other things happened uh, on March 11th. I think that's when it was declared a, a pandemic. Um, Tom Hanks tested positive. Like everyone remembers a lot of stuff on, on March 11th. But that game that night sort of capped everything off. Switching gears here, you know, Thunder go whole season, no fans. Now vaccinations are becoming more prevalent. Um, we're seeing cases starting to uh go down here in Oklahoma and I believe nationwide. Uh, Some NBA teams have been making headlines with certain players holding out on getting the COVID-19 vaccine. But I noticed the Thunder are pretty drama-free on that front. Um, What do you know about how many Thunder players are vaccinated and has that been a, a non-issue for them this year? Yeah, we asked uh, general manager Sam Presti in his preseason press conference, and he said that the whole team is fully vaccinated, um, which is a huge deal for one, obviously everyone's health um, and, and protecting each other. But two, you're right, it's a huge drama. Like Andrew Wiggins of the Warriors um, basically said that he felt forced to get vaccinated. He made a ton of headlines in San Francisco because of their local policies. Kyrie Irving, obviously, in Brooklyn, um, holding out because he doesn't um, you know, want to get vaccinated. He says he's not anti-vaccine. He's anti-vaccine mandate. So this is huge drama in the NBA right now because it's going to affect you know, wins and losses when a guy like Kyrie Irving is not playing. Um, the Thunder likes to be drama free. And in this situation, I'm thankful they're drama free because I didn't want to go like one by one asking, are you vaccinated? Are you vaccinated? Like if they can just say, hey, we're all vaccinated. No need. Uh, no need to ask further. Um, then then that's good. And like, that's good when, you know, we're all around each other and they're around each other traveling as much as NBA teams do. Um, it's it's not only right for public health, but it is like a competitive advantage if that's something you don't have to worry about. All right, Joe. Well, thanks so much for joining me today and best of luck covering all 82 games this season. And to our listeners, thanks for joining us this week. This podcast is possible because of the Oklahomans subscribers. We encourage you to subscribe if you can. You can read these stories and more every day in the Oklahoman and at oklahoman.com. Check back next Friday for a new episode.